This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening. Welcome to the Saturday Twilight Show with me, Mary O'Kello. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, good evening. Once again, um, thank you for tuning back in to the Saturday Twilight Show. My name is Mary O'Kello. I am your Saturday Twilight host. I am your Saturday Twilight host. I am a primary school teacher and I am also part of the Teachers Talk Radio team. Tonight, we will be discussing mentorship and what is the importance of mentorship um i would like all of my guests and everyone that has logged in tonight please do write in the chat let me know where you're from let me know if you have any questions as well we do have a fantastic um guest joining us today and i will tell you a little bit more about her as we proceed with the show here this evening Please do interact with me. If you're on Twitter, tell a friend to tell a friend. Make sure that you enjoy and that you also let us know. Maybe you have an interesting journey that you can share with us about your own mentoring experience. And maybe you want to share with it with us, with some of the people that are here tonight. Please free to do so. So some of you may be asking, why have I chosen to talk about mentorship. So those of you who do currently follow me on Twitter, you will know that I am um, part of a team called the Black Teachers Connect. um, And we are a group of um, teachers. A lot of us, some of us are from London, some of us are from the Midlands, and some of us are even from the Netherlands. And my role is I am head of mentorship. So I oversee a mentorship program. Mentorship is something that is very dear and close to my heart. Hence the reason why I decided to lead on the mentorship program. Um, My passion for mentoring stems back to my own experiences. So my own experience during my early time as a teacher. Um, I know that when I first started teaching, I had quite a interesting experience. Um, I would say it was quite rocky and I did encounter numerous mentors, some of whom I would say were very effective and others who I would say maybe could have dealt with me a bit more better. But I do feel that whether the mentor was good or bad, all mentors do impact your teaching experience. I know this week on Twitter, I did um, put out and I've asked some people about mentorship. And I just wanted to give just to set the tone for this evening. 
I just wanted to read some of the responses that I did receive. And um, I asked people, why do people feel that mentors are important? And somebody said that one person, neuro teacher said that they loved having mentors at school because they found them really helpful. Um, Afro-Brit, the educator said, a mentor is inspirational. They provide support and guidance to progress. They help with resilience. They sounded, um, they facilitate new opportunities. Another um, piece of feedback that was given to me was Aim High for English said, a mentor is important because they guide, they inspire, they keep accountability, they encourage, they model. They said the list is endless. So much beauty in a healthy relationship between a mentor and mentee. And then ended by saying big advocate. Um, I want to know some of you that have joined in tonight, why do you think mentorship is so important? Feel free to write it in the chat. Let me know why you think it's important for us to have mentors. What role do you feel that mentors play or maybe they've played in your teaching career? Now I wanted to just start us off with an article and this article was taken from Gillian Acott, and she is a mentorship expert. And she highlights that the kind of support new teachers get can drastically be impacted but, um, if you have the right mentor. Um, we look at the origins of mentorship, we trace it all the way back. She looks at it and she traces it all the way back to Homer's Odyssey. And she said, um, when Odysseus, sorry, leaves his home to fight in the Trojan War, he hands the care of his wife and his son to his trusted mentor who took on the role of teacher and also overseer of his child. So if we look back from, let's say, all the way back, you can see that mentors have been there. And there's two things that stuck out to me, someone who oversees and it's a trusted role. So do you think that mentorship is a trusted role? So it's something that you're trusted with. So mentors, I feel they play a pivotal role. They not only impact your teaching experience, I would say they kind of, um, I would say a mentor is the first encounter you have of the teaching professional, the teacher of the working world. And a mentor is someone who's sharing the expertise with you and the benefits of mentorship is it encourages teachers to develop more quickly um, they help you to improve your teaching and learning outcomes and also they help you with your job satisfaction satisfaction um, and working it helps you to become a more effective teacher they teach you good practice they can also help you with areas of your own teaching profession that you want to work on however there was one thing that did stick out to me um, from the article that i read by Gillian, and it said that whilst much of the research on mentoring focuses on the importance and benefits she also goes on to say that there is evidence that ineffective mentoring can be detrimental when we're trying to retain teachers within the profession. Now, what do you think? I just wanted to put this out there. Do you think that if we have more good mentors, 
or we invest and we train our mentors to be more effective mentors, this will help to retain teachers within the teaching um, profession? Or do you think mentors don't really have that much of a say or their role is not important? So if you could just talk to me, write it in the chat. I can see that we've got um, someone has said, so good mentors are good for development and psychological safety. Trust is very important. Indeed, it is. Anybody else? I just wanted to say thank you to all of you who've joined in tonight. I know we had a few tech issues at the beginning, but thank you all for coming back in. Um, I want to know where some of you are from. Maybe I've got some mentors on the call already. Some of you have joined. Um, don't feel shy. Don't forget to hashtag. Don't forget to um, let others know that you've logged in. Okay. Anybody else, can anyone remember or anyone can share a mentoring experience that maybe they once had? Anybody can maybe share a mentoring experience that they had and maybe how you feel that has shaped you or has played a role in the teacher that you are today. Now, before I got into teaching, um, let's say being at the forefront, being in the classroom, I actually was a learning mentor and I believe that is where my passion for mentorship um it derived from and i've seen that being a mentor you're able to see somebody not where they start but you can kind of see their end their journey you can see where they're heading and you can guide them and you offer guidance and you also you can steer them and help them to reach the point that they want to get to so mentors and leaders, yes, they do play a very important part. Not everyone is a good mentor. And so training them how to become good mentors and leaders is especially important. Yes, I do agree. Anybody else, um, anyone want to share maybe a mentoring experience that they've had? or maybe somebody um, who knows there's been a mentor that they feel has impacted their lives. Okay, I've got some, some more messages. Anybody else? Um, do anybody want to talk about their mentor maybe that they met in their first year of teaching? I remember in my first year of teaching, I actually had two mentors. So I started off with a mentor and um, I would say our relationship, it could have been better, but um, I would say that um, I didn't really have the best experience. I, if I'm going to be honest, my mentoring experience was quite rocky and it nearly led to me leaving the teaching practice. And I then was able to be given another mentor who I believe was very effective. Um, I also learned that my mentor helped me to work on areas that needed change and areas that I wanted to work on and areas that I wanted to develop myself in. And we built a very good working relationship and it was a mentor and mentee relationship. And I feel like because of the mentor that I then went on to have, I would say that's one of the reasons why I stayed and I didn't resign because I did want to resign and I did want to leave. But I say this 
that every experience that we do have, it does shape us. It shapes us and helps us to become the teachers that we go on to be. And in a way, we all are mentors. We are mentors to our students. We are mentors to those who are around us. Um, but I tonight want to talk more about mentors within the teaching practice, within the teaching profession. So I'm going to now head to the news. Um, when I come back, if anybody wants to um, write in the chat, don't forget to hashtag us. I'm going to just put a question out there. Why do we need mentors? And what is the importance of their role? Thank you to those of you who've just joined in. I am Mary Okello. I host the Saturday Twilight Show. And this evening we are talking about why is mentorship so important? This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us... You'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. The NAHT annual conference began on Friday, and education in Wales has been put under the spotlight 
Leaders in Wales, according to a report in the TES magazine, are calling for the fair funding of all schools. NAHT school leaders are gathering in Telford for this year's conference and it is expected that they will hear calls for school funding to be fit for purpose and ensure transparency and equity for all in Wales. There have also been concerns expressed about spiralling costs which threaten to swallow up existing budgets. The four key areas being focused on are teachers' pay awards, greater clarity on the new curriculum for Wales, investment in training and finally funding for small rural schools. It's likely that the ongoing impact of the pandemic will also be discussed as pressures such as supply costs continue. At the same conference, head teachers working in schools in England criticised Dickensian levels of poverty. Paul Gosling, new president of the NAHT, told leaders that when he first became a head teacher, he had only ever heard of food banks in connection with charities supporting the homeless, but that they now form a vital part of our local community's support. Dr Gosling also highlighted the worrying increase in parents who are struggling with their mental health as they try to make decisions as to whether they can afford to feed their children or pay rising household bills. He linked the recent government white paper to the concept of poverty, saying that the aspirations for the education of young people could not be reached without tackling poverty first. He also commented on the absence of Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi at the conference, and said that this is a sign that he is unable to be here to look in the eye of a group of people who truly understand what it means to be a leader. MP Heather Wheeler writes in A Peace for Politics Home that the public and private sector need to harness the enthusiasm of young people. In the article, she outlines plans to ensure that one in 20 civil servants will be an apprentice by 2025, and that opportunities will be spread right across the UK. She also went on to promise that the number of apprentices from less advantaged backgrounds will never dip below 39%, a threshold set by the Social Mobility Commission. The graduation of the son of one of Nigeria's state governors from a university in London has prompted reaction from ordinary Nigerian citizens, according to a report on a news website. Whilst Governor Nazir al-Rufari posted pictures of the event, Many others commented on why the Nigerian politician had not seen fit to educate his child at a Nigerian university, with some even suggesting that there should be a law preventing all civil servants and politicians from sending their children in foreign universities, insisting that this is the only way to improve Nigeria's university system. Others accused the government of playing politics with the educational system in Nigeria. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this term is known to be one of the hardest. When we're distracted and tired, it's easy to make a mistake and fall for a scam. There are loads of scams out there, but the use of subdomains to give a fake sense of security is one scam that a lot of people fall for. In the interest of keeping you, your family and your friends safe over the next two episodes, I'm going to explain the fake bank message scam and how it can look so believable. First up, we need to discuss how data travels over the internet. If you explore an internet address, let's take Teachers Talk Radio as our example, https www.ttradio.com 
Org. There are basically four parts. HTTPS, this is Hypertext Transfer Protocol, with the S standing for secure. Protocols are used for data transfer. The HTTP protocol allows the transmission of HTML or hypertext markup language from a web server to your computer. In basic terms, it lets a web page be requested and viewed. The confusion here is the secure version. Some believe that seeing a site is HTTPS and has a little padlock in the address bar means that you are protected. To some extent, this is true. However, the security certificate for a site simply encrypts or scrambles the transmission. So if it's intercepted, it can't be used. So yes, you are secure from intercept but if the owner of a website is dishonest, you're not safe from them. The next three parts are to do with where the web page resides or the address. Like we need a postcode and house number, your computer needs to know where to look for the information you want. WWW is the World Wide Web, a huge network of interconnected networks. TT Radio is the name of the website and .org is the top level domain. Again, simplifying this, .org domains are kept in a kind of phone book that can be accessed by your internet service provider. So to find ttradio.org, .org tells you to look in the .org phone book for TT Radio and return where the website is for your browser to download it. Why don't you ask your pupils, family and friends what they believe the padlock and HTTPS means? You may be surprised at the answer you receive. Next time, we're going to look at how criminals use this misconception to gain your trust. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. I am going to go back to my question, and my question was, why do we need mentors, and why are mentors so important? So in a moment, I am going, we are lucky enough to this evening because we have a special guest who is going to join us. I can see that she is joined us here this evening and I will be introducing our lovely guests shortly. So I'm going to ask, why are mentors so important? Why do we need them? If anyone wants to maybe call in, maybe you have something you would like to share, please feel free to do so. So Leanne said, would love a mid-career mentor. You feel like sometimes an experienced teacher, as an experienced teacher, I shouldn't be asking questions or advice. I do think um, mid-career mentors are good as well. I feel like we will always continuously need mentors throughout our teaching career. Okay, so mentors bring experience and value anyone else so mentors bring experience and value what else do mentors bring they can build you up as a teacher that is true okay so i am going to now we are lucky enough this evening because like i said to you we have an amazing guest who has joined us um this evening and to be honest she's somebody that i have found to be quite inspirational um i stumbled across her um on twitter i wouldn't say stumbled because i actually went and looked at the work that she's currently doing um and i was really inspired by her work as i said to you earlier mentorship is something that i believe in it's something that i think has been very pivotal and i think it's something that is very important and she's someone who i feel shares the same enthusiasm that I do. And her name is Hayley Hughes. She is the senior lecturer in professional development and teacher development lead at the University of Sunderland. And she's head of education at the Iris Connect. 
Now, not only is she um, um, lead mentor, she was a teacher and leader for 15 years. And she speaks at three schools and unis on an average per week. Not only does she do that, she has also written a best-selling book on mentoring, which is available on Amazon. And I will link it on my Twitter feed. And she's currently writing another one on mentoring teachers. So Hayley, if you are, um, I would like to invite you on if you are ready. And um, I would like to say thank you, first of all, for coming on tonight. And I'm sure many people are excited and looking forward to hearing from you. Good evening. Can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me now? Wicked, thank you. I can hear you. Welcome. First of all, I feel like I need to reintroduce you. Um, I just wanted to say thank you, first of all, for coming on the show tonight. Um, like I said, you are someone who I feel is inspirational. I have been um, following you, looking at the work that you've done, and you inspired me to go on and become um, lead the mentorship program for the Black Teachers Connect, and even to also try and proceed to get my own handbook published. And the work that you do, I think is incredible. Um, I feel like you are an expert. And tonight, I think a lot of people need to hear from you. So I'm going to hand it over to you and I'll let you tell us about yourself. Oh, well, thanks for that introduction, Mary. Um, hopefully you can still hear me. Of course um, I can. <laughs> great. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been on Teachers Talk Radio a number of times and this is the first time I think that um, I did it wrong. So massive apologies for that. Um, but yes, um, lovely introduction by Mary. And I want to say as well that I find the work that you're doing incredibly inspiring, um, particularly for, for black educators who have been lacking really in, in the kind of mentor that you talk about Um and I had you speaking at my very recent conference, and I know that everybody who listened found you really inspiring. So, you know, keep it up is is what I would say. Thank um, you. Um, so, yes, I am Hayley Hughes. Um, as Mary said, I work as a um, senior lecturer at the University of Sunderland, uh, and I have a role there that means that I am essentially overseeing all of the mentoring that goes on in our um, PGCs and also in our PSETs as well. So it's a huge piece of work, but incredibly inspiring. And I work as um, the head of education at Iris Connect as well, where um, essentially my work is looking at research, um, writing, um, writing really compelling PD content, as well as delivering the, the early career framework. And I facilitate the uh, national professional qualification for leading teacher development as well. So I'm incredibly involved in um, developing teachers at almost every level, really. Um, and this is something that brings me quite a lot of joy. I love working with others. I love learning from others as well. And my interest in mentoring essentially really came from, like you were saying, Mary, having actually quite a bad experience myself of being mentored. Um, when I was a PGC student a good 15 years ago now, 16 years ago, um, I had this really terrible <laughs> mentor um, at one of the schools that I was doing my placement at who told me, watch my lesson, shouted at me um, and basically told me that um, I needed elocution lessons because of my northern accent, that if I ever wanted to be anything more than a mediocre teacher, um, that, you know, I had a hard road ahead of me. And that was a really tough pill to swallow because I think sometimes as mentors, we have to be there to, 
you know, give feedback, to, to help our mentees reflect, but to be able to do it in a way that is constructive and it's about the pedagogy rather than personal. And I did think that that mentor overstepped the, the mark, really, and I made it my mission from then on, really, to, to make sure that I was going to be a, a much more constructive, um, passionate, supportive, empowering mentor than I had had myself. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, why do you think, if I was to ask you, why do you think teachers need a mentor? What would you say? Oh, there's a million reasons. I mean, very often, especially in this country, we think about mentoring as being associated with early career teachers or NQTs um, as they were. But actually, you know, somebody said in the chat earlier on, and I completely agree with them, I think mentors are needed at all stages of your career. Um, you know, even if that the role of mentor might just be as somebody who is a champion, who is a critical friend, who is somebody who, who you can chat things through with. Um, so for me, mentors are, are needed throughout a career for a, for a myriad of different reasons. I think what's really interesting um, is that actually mentoring in, in England, especially at the moment, um, of early career teachers, it's... Um, it's going through a little bit of a of a makeover, I think, um, and I think that's due to um, the launch of the core content framework in ITE, but also the early career framework as well. And a lot of the mentoring that is going on with early career teachers, I would say, is much more like instructional coaching now. Um, so, you know, I think there are all sorts of different roles, different remits for mentors, and some of those do cross cross over with coaching as well. Yeah, I think it is so true. And I think um, with mentorship, I think that a mentor is someone they're also able to share their expertise. Yes. Um, they impart their knowledge. Um, would I be right in saying that even some mentors need mentors to teach them how to be effective mentors? Yes. And I think this is something that the Department for Education did recognise. Um, because back in 2018, they did a piece of research that looked at the recruitment and retention crisis and why teachers were leaving the profession. And this wasn't just new entrants to the profession, it was experienced teachers as well. And one of the findings that they that was uncovered from this research was that actually people felt like, like they had that lack of support. So from that came the DFE's recruitment and retention strategy in 2019. And the early career framework was part of that. And, you know, a huge part of the early career framework, which when I wrote my book a couple of years ago, I really did think was going to be a game changer, was that training for mentors because I've been a mentor for a really long time and I've I've never been trained on how to be a mentor. I've had like the odd bit of university um, training, you know, on how to fill in paperwork if I was working with trainees, but on the actual nuts and bolts and nitty gritty of how to mentor successfully and effectively, I had never had that training. So I, I was really excited about the launch of the Early Career Framework. Um, sort of eight months down the line, am I still as excited? Well, yes, I think it's got great potential, but obviously like any national change, um, there's, you know, in policy, there's going to be, to be teething troubles. And I think that's true. And I think it's still an area that 
um, is still there to be developed. But I think that one thing that I'm finding is that um, the roles of mentors within schools, especially if I think of my own school, um, now schools are being more... Um, they're using their mentors more effectively because they're seeing that they need them in place to, in order to retain teachers. Because if we think of reasons why teachers are leaving, some of them feel that they're leaving because they're not supported. And I think a mentor provides quality feedback and it's high quality feedback and it's fundamental in a trainee's progression because they can show you what areas maybe you need to work on and they can work on their er those areas with you as well. Because I think one of the reasons why I struggled at the beginning was because I felt that I needed to be a perfectionist and I feel anyone who works within the profession, correct me if I'm wrong, um, I find that teaching is the most critical job that you can do you're always thinking I could that lesson could have gone better or you're always thinking have I supported my class enough um have I done enough work should I be working longer hours you always find yourself um second guessing yourself and I think what is nice is when you have a mentor that can say to you that it's okay to have those thoughts and those feelings and it's normal. And that's what I had. So when my second mentor stepped in and um, that's what she used to say to me. And I think that gave me a sense of relief that I didn't have to be a perfectionist. And with time you, I feel great teachers are not born overnight, but they are nurtured. And I thought a mentor is part of that nurturing as well. And um, I feel like mentors need guidance as well, because as a mentor, sometimes you need to know that you're mentoring effectively, but you won't know if you're doing an effective job if no one has shown you or you don't know how to measure your effectiveness as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, the, the, when we used to talk about a mentor in education, I feel very much that a lot of that role was, as you've just described, as somebody who was a nurturer, as an empowerer. Actually, now the role of the mentor is is, is huge, um, you know, because we're, not only are we doing those things with the relationships that are traditional in a mentoring um, situation, but actually as well, we're also coaching because we're thinking about what we know about cognitive science, we're scaffolding, we're modelling, um, we're providing opportunities for practice. Um, you know, we have to be kind of experts of pedagogy as mentors and facilitators, because what we're doing as well is we're um, signposting um, our mentees to reading, signposting them to um, excellent practitioners in our department or our schools. So it's much more of an all-encompassing role now than it's ever been. So that training is is really welcome, I think. Yes, I think it is true. Um, how does somebody know that they've got the right mentor? And would you say if somebody, let's say, for example, a trainee teacher has been um, given a mentor and the working relationship is not working, what advice would you give to both the mentor and to the mentee? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of work, if we're talking about kind of IT students, so, you know, trainee teachers, a lot of work goes on um, with partnership uh, teams in universities or in skits or, you know, with Teach First, etc., um, to actually match 
the trainee with a really suitable mentor. So hopefully a lot of that negates any issues or challenges that might come down the line. Obviously, that doesn't negate all of them. And people might find themselves in a situation where the mentoring relationship perhaps is a little bit fraught or hostile or isn't working. So I think a really important thing to do there is to be open to be honest. And sometimes that's why I think that contracting can work really well with mentoring. So right at the beginning of the relationship, you're both fully aware um, and both have a a hand in actually planning out what the relationship will be like and what people's roles are. If they're an ITE student and things are difficult, they should contact their induction tutor um, at university or their personal academic tutee. They're called different things at different universities. If they're an ECT, they need to speak to their induction tutor in school. I mean, you know, we're all adults here and, you know, you're always going to work in a, in a school or a situation where you don't get on with absolutely everybody. And it's about being open, having a professional dialogue and trying to make that work. Yes, I think it's so true. And one thing that I like that you said is that we're all adults. And I think sometimes um, people forget that we're all adults and um, we're in a profession where we are teaching others. And sometimes I think some people may need to even teach themselves and to remember that they are an adult. And I think it also comes down to a level of professionalism. And one thing that you said is about matching and even with the work that I do at the Black Teachers Connect. So the handbook and the mentorship programme I wrote, I made sure that I asked people for the their the criteria which they wanted yes. and what stage they were at in their career. And some people said to me for religious reasons that they wanted their mentor to be a female. Some mm-hmm. um, people said that they wanted a male um, and I did what I could. And some people were like, they know that with their career, they wanted to end up in leadership. So I matched them up with... Um, a female head teacher someone who is in leadership or even in middle leadership and then after that we had a contract so everyone knows the expectations we also spoke about boundaries as well and making sure it's a working relationship and knowing that we're not over crossing boundaries and that we are following the guidelines that we've put in place as well Yeah, I mean, and I think that's something that sometimes people who are being mentored or coached need to remember as well. You know, mentors and coaches usually give up their time for free, um, usually already have roles in a school that are really stressful with with a high workload. So it's about, you know, making sure that it's a non-hierarchical relationship, um, that you are both empowered, you are both, it's a reciprocal relationship where you're both developing one another, hopefully. Because, you know, I, I, over the years of working with novice teachers, I have learned so much myself as an experienced teacher, which has shaped my practice. Um, And I think that's really important to remember that we shouldn't have a relationship where we are overly reliant on one another because we are both professionals. So it is all about boundaries. It's about being kind to one another. Yes, it is being kind. And like you said, we are all professionals, so we have to conduct ourselves appropriately and accordingly. Um, Do you have anyone, um, any advice for anyone who has recently joined the profession? Um, Anything, I know that you've um, said that you were, you've trained maybe 15 years ago. You said, is it if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Any advice, because I think 
I'm seeing a lot of articles about um, people being burnt out, people wanting to leave the profession. But um, as much as the negativity and as much as there are those things out there, um, is there any advice? Because I'm someone who always feels that, yes, there are problems, but there are also solutions. And sometimes we may not have the solutions, but people who I feel have been in the profession for quite a while or people who have the experience, they can share their knowledge and they can share um, wisdom. Anything you wanted to share? Yeah, I mean, I think for me at the start of your career, um, take every day uh, as, it, as it comes don't take anything too personally. You know, yeah. we're working with children. Uh, we, I think we need to remember that sometimes. Um, you know, I, I think you're still learning if you have an open mind and you're able to be reflective. I think that's one of the most important skills of a teacher. And I also think it's about having boundaries and safeguarding your own well-being. And a mentor has a huge part to play in that as well. You know, as mentors and as leaders in schools, we should be modeling the ability to have a work-life balance. Um, and part of that is actually being honest about a work-life balance as well and realizing that actually... A, a, a true work-life balancing teaching might not actually be possible all of the time, but it's about real, seeing it as like a managed disequilibrium where, you know, there's going to be some times where we have mock exams coming out of our ears and, you know, you're just going to have to to get those marked. There's going to be other times when we can ring fence a lot more time to do the things that we enjoy doing. So it's about being honest and not modelling as a, as a mentor, really, that you should be staying until gone six o'clock and coming in at seven o'clock in the morning. You know, well-being is one of the main reasons cited of why people leave the profession in the first five years. So for me, that's the most important thing. And that is true, because even the article um, that I read this week by Gillian Acott, um, she actually said, so she pointed out six key areas that she linked to um, mentoring. And she said that well-being, she um, labelled it as the sixth um, most important thing. And she said that mentors have to reflect on how to model and how they manage their own well-being. And yeah. that she said by doing so, it shows that um, mentees can actually achieve a successful work-life balance and it can also sustain and also retain more teachers within the practice. And I think it is true because when you're starting off, I remember in my first um, few years, I was at school from seven um, until, let's say, seven. And um, it was my mental almost saw it as the norm. Um, mm. the, the first mentor I had saw it as the norm. Whereas the when I got my new mentor, she actually said to me, I needed a cutoff point. And she said to me, the work is, is still going to be there. And she yes. said, tomorrow's a new day. And she said, you just come back and then you can pick it back up and you pick up where you left off. And I think that's something that I've had to teach myself because as a teacher, you can find yourself working long hours and you have to remember that there's always tomorrow. So you can always come back and having a cutoff point, I think is very important because a lot of people are leaving. I think it's due to being burnt out and not safeguarding ourselves and safeguarding our mental health. And mental health is something that I'm very passionate about. And I think that children and even um, young adults and young students learn from us. So we need to be setting a good example and we need to show them how we take care of ourselves because I believe happy teacher, happy class. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, teachers have been leaving the profession for a long time. This isn't anything new. You know, it's it's unfortunately um, it's it's only kind of exacerbated by the fact that we're getting quite a low number of, of applications to actually train to teach as well. And really, it's no wonder with the press that teachers have been given during the pandemic, to be quite yeah. honest. Um, so, you know, I, I left myself in July um, last year. Would I go back to the classroom? Yes, absolutely. Uh, anytime soon? No, probably not. Um, and there are there are many many people like me who who feel the same. Sadly, um, and mine wasn't really due to being burnt out. It was due to actually um, having a lack of. Um, progression routes open to me that didn't involve middle and senior leadership because I'd done that and didn't enjoy it. So I think the the new national professional qualifications will help with that. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully all of the, I think people who are, who are kind of running education at a strategic and policy level are now realising that we are facing a huge crisis now. And, and hopefully there'll be things put in place that will help people. But I do certainly think that mentors modelling, you know, a good work-life balance is, is very, very important. And I think that is so true. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your fantastic best-selling mentorship book? Um, yes, I'm happy to. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, Mentoring in Schools came out um Gosh, I think it was probably last, last, not February, just gone the February before now. Um, It's aligned to the early career framework. So it looks at the evidence base that underpins that framework and the core content framework um, in in a lot more depth. Um, So essentially, I wrote the book because I was a busy mentor myself and didn't really have time to go away and read every single paper that underpinned that framework. And actually, a lot of the papers weren't open access, which really frustrates me because teachers are becoming more evidence informed, more research engaged. And a lot of the time they can't even get access to the papers that have been written. Um, I'm lucky that I'm in my last year of my doctorate in education now, so I have access to pretty much any paper. So the book um, is broken down into the eight teacher standards, which is the same um, standards that are um, kind of all over the, the early career framework and the core content framework. And I take a real look at the learn that and the learn how to statements. I bridged the gap between research and practice because I did a huge piece of research for it where I interviewed over 100 um, NQTs and RQTs. And they told me some really um, great stories, um, sometimes some quite depressing stories about experiences they'd had with their mentors. I then used that to inform um, some of the conversations that I had about the the standards and, and and there's also some really practical tips for tangible things that mentors can do to help their mentee make progress in those particular standards. I do use a model in the book that I designed myself, which is based on the instructional coaching model of Jim Knight. So it's very much, um, you know, a kind of process of um, professional dialogue, of reflection, of learning together, of putting it into action and then of, of feed forward targets that, that go back into it. So, yeah, I mean, I've been astounded by how successful the book has been, to be quite honest. Um, and, you know, the next book that I'm writing is about specifically t- uh, mentoring English teachers. And I'm hoping it will be part of a series and there'll be one for for every subject. Lovely. Why um, did you choose to base your book on English teachers, mentoring English teachers? What um, sparked that book? 
Or what was, what was behind that? But... Yeah, I think because um, the market review that happened very recently where universities are having to apply to be reaccredited to train teachers um, talked very much about the importance of subject-specific mentoring. And it's something that I've been thinking about for a long time. Um, and um, I am an English teacher by trade. That's my uh, area that I teach. And es essentially what I want to do is look at, you know, what cognitive load theory looks at in the English classroom. What does questioning look like? What does formative assessment look like? Uh, you know, what does retrieval practice? What does interleaving? So basically what I want to do is look at all of the evidence that underpins the early career framework and, you know, the instructional practices that, that make great teaching and look at what that actually looks like in an English classroom. And I'm, I'm going to um, recruit, hopefully, if this book does well, um, some really great maths, science specialist, geography, history, et cetera, to make this a whole series. Because I think this is amazing, matters. amazing, absolutely amazing. And I think anyone who's listening um, tonight would say that as well. I think that it is so good because you've made it subject and um, specific. So that means the mentor will be mentoring English teachers and you're mentoring a um, trainee English teacher. And that means all the expertise, all the knowledge, everything that they've learned, they can then share that knowledge with the mentee. And I think it needs to be, um, mentorship programs need to be more specific and they need to be tailored in order to meet the needs of the teacher. Um, and I think that is such an amazing idea. So well done. I think that is so good. Thank and you. I'm sure many would say that as well. I mean, we're, we're quite lucky in that when, you know, university training that goes on at mentors is subject specific. So, you know, for example, they will do a whole session um, on um, a particular area of pedagogy, but then they will, all the mentors will go into a subject specific session to look at how that area of pedagogy um, has an impact in that particular subject, be that primary um, you know, or, or maths in secondary school. So this is something that's been going on for quite a long time. Uh, but hopefully having it in book form will mean that busy teachers can just have it on the desk and dip into it when they need to. Yes, exactly. And that's what I'm thinking because it's, yeah, it is, we do have people that mentor us in terms of our subject, but in terms of documentation yes. and also it's something that schools can also buy into because if they haven't, if they're unable to do a CPD um, in order for the mentors, they have this available to them. So it's something that people can access and then they can use it as well in their own practice. And I can say that within my school that they've been investing more um, with mentors and they're making sure that mentor sessions are more effective and they're more and they're tailored to support and also support the trainee teachers at the beginning because I feel the beginning of our practice it is quite pivotal and also the middle as well because I feel when you get midway when you've been teaching for let's say five six or six years you then kind of find yourself at a crossroads some people may say okay I've been in the classroom for too long this isn't for me anymore others may decide that they want to go into leadership so when you get to that point 
I think it's good to also have a mentor then as well. Maybe someone who is in leadership who can mentor the um, teacher who's been in the profession for quite a while. Because I think it's very important. And as teachers, we are actually always learning. So, yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to ask if you could leave us with any top tips for current mentors. I know that um, I launched the Black Teachers Connect Mentorship Handbook, um, but I'm we're always learning and I've learned. So some of the head teachers that I've wor- been working with, they said that they've been able to reflect on their own practice and also about how effective and how they are supporting teachers within their own schools. But um, I wanted to know if there's any mentors that are going to listen to our talk this evening, any top tips, if you could give them three top tips. So Haley's top tips. Um, so I would say number one um, really is to um, have your whole department mentoring, not just yourself. Uh, or if you're in primary school, the whole school, because it, it does take a whole department or a whole school to mentor a teacher. And quite simply, the reasons for that are that actually there may be, um, you know, you're, you're not perfect as a mentor. There may be people who are much better at you than questioning in your department. So utilize that. There may be fantastic people in your school um, who are um, really great at um, different, you know, behavior management strategies. So utilize that. Um, I would say the second tip is as well that um, you could learn together. So you talked about, um, you know, people saying their own practice developed. I think, you know, reading journal articles together, reading blogs, um, making a plan of how you might trial some of the strategies and then having a professional dialogue, because that dialogue is hugely important um, about how those um, strategies went in the classroom is, is really powerful. And I think the third tip really is, don't um, always have your mentee, especially if they're an early career teacher or an ITE trainee, don't always have them observing just experienced teachers because uh, the gulf between kind of novice and experienced teachers a lot of the time is so huge that actually it can make our um, new teachers, our novice teachers feel um, as if they, uh, it's just insurmountable, the mountain that they have to climb. So it's really useful to actually have them um observing people who might necessarily only be a year ahead of them two years ahead of them so that they can see how you can make those incremental changes and improve with experience would you also say that it would be good um for them to um like let's say new mentees or uh, people who are quite new so ects to talk to let's say people who are ect plus two so maybe who've been in the profession for maybe two three years to also talk to them and see learn from them as well as well as observe them yeah absolutely you know it is about speaking to practitioners at all different levels of the career and it was funny you said about experienced teachers being six years I mean that to me is still really a a newish teacher experience for me really is 10 12 years plus Um, and I think there is a a situation that we have in schools now where it's almost like it's a race to get to the top um, and for people to dive into leadership roles before really they're, they're ready. And don't get me wrong, some people might be a teacher for three or four years and be a brilliant leader. But I've worked with some leaders who, you know, have been head teachers after five or six years and it shows and it has a massive knock on effect. So I think we need to also encourage our mentees not to rush into leadership positions just for the sake of it. It's not a race. Teaching is a long career 
and it's a stressful and a tiring career. And, you know, your your focus really as a new teacher should be on improving your pedagogy and getting better rather than racing to the top. I am go- I have to write that down, getting better rather than racing to the top. And I think that is true. And I think that t- um, we can all take a lot from what has been said tonight. And I think for me how important and just when I hear for me mentorship is something that's very dear to my heart and I think sometimes we see people who've been in the classroom for 15 years you may some people have only been practicing for let's say three or four years and they ask themselves why am I not like that person but then we can't compare ourselves if somebody's been there for 15 years and then somebody who's just a newbie so like you said it's not about racing to the top um it's a journey it's a journey like we do it's a journey Um, yeah mentors need to be you know they need to have that humility as well just because the early career framework calls them expert colleagues being an expert doesn't mean that you you still got nothing left to learn yep being an is so true it is so true and I just wanted to say and if there's anybody that maybe has any questions that you wanted to ask tonight please feel free to write them in the chat. I can see that we have some new listeners who have joined us. Um, My name is Mary Okello. I host the Saturday Twilight Show. I have been joined this evening by Hayley Hughes, um, who is talking, we are talking and discussing all things mentorship. If you have any questions, I can see someone has said that mentorship is so supporting experienced teachers is essential. Anyone else wants to share why they think mentorship is important to them, please feel free to do so. Now, Hayley, just before I head over to the news, hopefully the technical um, difficulties have um, gone now. Um, I just wanted to say if there's anything that you wanted to leave us with this evening, what would it be? One last thing. So we've got your top tips. One (laughs) last I, I guess I guess it's just saying that mentoring matters. And, you know, if you feel yourself um, wanting to give something back to the profession, wanting to develop yourself in a way that doesn't necessarily involve being a middle or senior leader, mentoring is a great way to do that. Okay. Thank you so much, Hayley. Um, I'm sure many of us will take away so much from this. I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us tonight. Like I did say, um, Hayley, if you wanted to put maybe your Twitter at into the chat, if anyone wants to follow you. Um, Also, um, her book is available on Amazon. I will link it on my Twitter feed. So if you're interested and you are, maybe you are a mentor, maybe you are in leadership and you think that you could learn or want to learn more about mentoring, then I will also put that onto my Twitter feed. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It has been absolutely um, fantastic. It's been so great to talk to you, just to talk to you about the work that you do. So I just wanted to say thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events 
aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. The NAHT annual conference began on Friday and education in Wales has been put under the spotlight. Leaders in Wales, according to a report in the TES magazine, are calling for the fair funding of all schools. NAHT school leaders are gathering in Telford for this year's conference and it is expected that they will hear calls for school funding to be fit for purpose and ensure transparency and equity for all in Wales. There have also been concerns expressed about spiralling costs which threaten to swallow up existing budgets. The four key areas being focused on are teachers' pay awards, greater clarity on the new curriculum for Wales, investment in training and finally funding for small rural schools. It's likely that the ongoing impact of the pandemic will also be discussed as pressures such as supply costs continue. At the same conference, head teachers working in schools in England criticised Dickensian levels of poverty. Paul Gosling, new president of the NAHT, told leaders that when he first became a head teacher, he had only ever heard of food banks in connection with charities supporting the homeless, but that they now form a vital part of our local community's support. Dr Gosling also highlighted the worrying increase in parents who are struggling with their mental health as they try to make decisions as to whether they can afford to feed their children or pay rising household bills. He linked the recent government white paper to the concept of poverty, 
saying that the aspirations for the education of young people could not be reached without tackling poverty first. He also commented on the absence of Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi at the conference and said that this is a sign that he is unable to be here to look in the eye of a group of people who truly understand what it means to be a leader. MP Heather Wheeler writes in A Peace for Politics Home that the public and private sector need to harness the enthusiasm of young people. In the article, she outlines plans to ensure that one in 20 civil servants will be an apprentice by 2025 and that opportunities will be spread right across the UK. She also went on to promise that the number of apprentices from less advantaged backgrounds will never dip below 39%, a threshold set by the Social Mobility Commission. The graduation of the son of one of Nigeria's state governors from a university in London has prompted reaction from ordinary Nigerian citizens, according to a report on a news website. Whilst Governor Nazir al-Rafari posted pictures of the event, many others commented on why the Nigerian politician had not seen fit to educate his child at a Nigerian university, with some even suggesting that there should be a law preventing all civil servants and politicians from sending their children in foreign universities insisting that this is the only way to improve Nigeria's university system. Others accuse the government of playing politics with the educational system in Nigeria. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this term is known to be one of the hardest. When we're distracted and tired, it's easy to make a mistake and fall for a scam. There are loads of scams out there, but the use of subdomains to give a fake sense of security is one scam that a lot of people fall for. In the interest of keeping you, your family and your friends safe over the next two episodes, I'm going to explain the fake bank message scam and how it can look so believable. First up, we need to discuss how data travels over the internet. If you explore an internet address, let's take Teachers Talk Radio as our example, https www.ttradio.org. There are basically four parts. HTTPS, this is Hypertext Transfer Protocol, with the S standing for secure. Protocols are used for data transfer. The HTTP protocol allows the transmission of HTML or hypertext markup language from a web server to your computer. In basic terms, it lets a web page be requested and viewed. The confusion here is the secure version. Some believe that seeing a site is HTTPS and has a little padlock in the address bar means that you are protected. To some extent, this is true. However, the security certificate for a site simply encrypts or scrambles the transmission. So if it's intercepted, it can't be used. So yes, you are secure from interception but if the owner of a website is dishonest, you're not safe from them. The next three parts are to do with where the web page resides or the address. Like we need a postcode and house number, your computer needs to know where to look for the information you want. WWW is the World Wide Web, a huge network of interconnected networks. TT Radio is the name of the website and .org is the top level domain. Again, simplifying this, .org domains are kept in a kind of phone book that can be accessed by your internet service provider. So to find ttradio.org, .org tells you to look in the .org phone book for TT Radio and return where the website is for your browser to download it. Why don't you ask your pupils, family and friends what they believe the padlock and HTTPS means? You may be surprised at the answer you receive. Next time, we're going to look at how criminals use this misconception to gain your trust. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. 
Thank you. And I am back. Um, this evening, we had the lovely Hayley Hughes, um, who was talking to us about mentorship. And um, we spoke about different types of mentors. We've also spoken about the importance of mentors having mentors and mentors being trained to be effective mentors. And um, if you've just joined us, then I would just like you to maybe write in the chat where you're joining us from. And maybe if you think you know why mentors are important, maybe you'd like to share that with us also. Um, I will be, Hayley did talk to us about her fantastic mentoring book that she has written and I will at her on Twitter. So if any of you would like to purchase the book, I will also put the link on my Twitter feed. Um, I wanted to say that it has been a fantastic show. Um, although we did have a few technical difficulties, I wanted to say thank you to all those who logged in tonight, those of you who've interacted with us. Um, I'm going to just go back over the top tips that Haley shared with us. So she gave us three top tips. She said that she believes that it's important to have a whole department mentoring and for us to remember that as practitioners, we are not perfect. So I would like to add that we are all a work in progress. She also said that we learn together. She said it's important to read and plan professional dialogue, everyone to work collectively as a team. Um, and the last one she said is don't always have mentors observing experienced novice teachers. She said it's important for them to see a true picture. So seeing people who are new in the practice and seeing how they are developing to be realistic. Um, and also to remember that somebody who's um, a new teacher and somebody who's been um, teaching for 15 years, they're both at different points in their career. Um, so I wanted to say thank you to everybody who logged in tonight and um, don't forget to at us on Twitter and um, don't forget to log in so there will be other great shows this weekend and um, please feel free if you want to interact with me or maybe even you want to hear about the work that I'm doing so I currently am part of a collective and I lead on the mentorship program if that's something that maybe you would like to know more about please feel free to also um um, at me on Twitter and um, I will also link my Twitter feed if any of you would like to interact with me and um, I wanted to say thank you to all of you all of you that logged in tonight all of you that interacted with me it has been amazing and um, despite the technical difficulties so thank you to everyone I want to wish you all a fantastic and fabulous bank holiday weekend and i just wanted to leave just to tell you that just remember why don't forever forget your why why you got into the profession why you do what you do and just to remember that us as practitioners that we are important and we are at the forefront and we do play we make a difference and we do play a pivotal role in shaping the future leaders and the future generation and um, my name is maria keller this is the saturday twilight um, show and um, thank you to all of you who've logged in tonight have a lovely evening and have a lovely bank holiday weekend thank you you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.